Welcome to the Love Before 100 podcast. I'm Rachel Birch, and I'm here because everyone says dating in your 40s sucks. So I decided to make a game out of it. Part scavenger hunt, part bucket list. I made a list of all the ways I could meet my person. Then I assigned every task a points value. The goal now, find love before I hit 100. Points or years, whichever comes first. You got me shaking, Today, we are officially, officially getting back in the game. Towards the end of the episode, we'll be crossing go on multiple dates in one day off the list. But to get there from where I was, I had to do a little more work. So let's talk about that first. As I mentioned the last episode, I'm finally feeling like myself again. Like the me that had taken her, don't look at me, nothing to see here, sign off. The me who had attracted, for the first time in her life, male attention. And like the me who took full advantage and went out with a bunch of guys last summer. That me. I had gone through the process of feeling all the feelings about potentially never finding love and mourning that fact. And somehow, in the process, I shed that icky, desperate-to-find-love energy that I had been carrying around for so long. And now, although love is still the end goal, I'm just feeling more playful these days. I feel light. I feel free. And while I'm excited to eventually have a relationship, I just feel like I'm going to really enjoy where I'm at right now. Really enjoy my friends, my family. I had finally figured out how to stop isolating and how to stop inadvertently pushing people away. Remember last season in the Cougar Bar? When Kari and I had this conversation. Kari turns to me and asks, do you think you'll just meet him randomly? I reply, no, I don't think I'll meet anyone anymore. I say, I think I push people away. Even though I feel like I got past that, like maybe I come off as standoffish. She looks at me and says, oh, you definitely do. What? I say to her. She responds, hey, if your friends can't tell you, You're not standoffish. I'd say protective. Okay, so she's right about that. I am protective of my heart, of my safety. I mean, hello, no one finds out my last name and I only use a Google phone number for dating. I guess that kind of sets things up to be at a distance. I tell her, yeah, the fireman said I was hard to read. Yeah, I wasn't doing that anymore. I'm definitely more open. And so now, I'm feeling excited for my upcoming trip to the UK, where I'll get to play and visit some great friends that I haven't seen in a long time, and also try this new energy out in a new city. As I start to contemplate downloading the dating app, yet again, just to get a preview of what Manchester and Dublin have in store for me, I start to feel some fear creep in. What if by allowing myself hope again, by allowing myself to play in the energy of dating, What if I fall back into that sadness, that hopelessness, that constant disappointment? How can I stay in this place, this place that feels so good and so free? I decide to reach out to a friend to get some moral support around re-entering the dating pool. My friend Katie is a self-love coach. She wrote the book, The Self-Love Affair, which I highly recommend, by the way. I know that if anyone can help me, it's Katie. She can definitely help me navigate this treacherous place of 
desiring love without falling back into that desperate energy place. Here's a portion of our conversation and I'll link our entire conversation in the show notes. But then keep listening after our conversation so you can help me cross those multiple dates in one day off the list. I was eight years single parenting, as you know, and I got to the point where I was like, it's, it is just not going to happen for me. And I know the heartbreak of that when it is such a deep desire. I'm really inspired actually hearing that you allowed yourself, because I think this is part of the process to calling what you want in. You actually allowed yourself to really deeply feel the feelings of it's not meant for me. It's not going to happen for me. I just need to give up. Because most women that I have met that I work with, and it was my situation, my experience as well, have those thoughts. They might not admit them to anybody. For some, it might be their secret shame. You know, we don't even really want to admit it to ourselves. But if we're really honest, there is the voice in the back of the head. You can be all positive and you can slap a positive affirmation on it and you can show up shiny and I'm fine. But the truth is, for so many, there is that little voice. And unless you lovingly pay some attention to that voice, see it, hear it, allow it, give it, like breathe some oxygen in it, like let it do its thing. If we don't, it's just going to be this dark, heavy energy that's going to be blocking us to having what we want, right? So for you to actually, and it takes so much courage, for you to actually sit and feel all the feelings of it's never going to happen for me, which is soul destroying yeah, because it is your soul that's going, but I'm, I want to meet my soulmate. I want to meet my partner in crime. I'm ready. It's this yearning. So to actually have that honest moment with yourself and really grieve it and cry the potential truth that it's never going to happen for me is very brave. And within that is a huge release. Do you think you felt a release? I did. And yearning is like such the right word. And it's interesting because I was thinking in so many ways, I feel like it's been made wrong to want the relationship, to yearn for a relationship. I keep hearing, you know, men are attracted to women that don't like, aren't, don't want them or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to act a certain way and it'll come when you don't want it. And so it was like this crazy fighting against, like you said, this yearning. And after the crying and after the like, this is what my life could be like. And it's not that bad. It's pretty good. I have a great life, which I kept saying. But like when I actually accepted that, I did find a release and it was, it, it actually felt empowering. But then as I started to, a friend said to me, we're wired for connection. So it gave me the permission to want it again. And I felt this like slippery slope. There was like a fear that crept in, like, don't want it because that's wrong. But I don't think it is wrong to want that, right? (laughs) Of course, it's not wrong. Like, you know, your heart's desire. Not everybody desires to be in a relationship. Yeah. It's just not everyone's desire. 
I really believe if you desire something deep, if it's a soul-led desire, if you really know yourself well enough to know the difference between it's an ego-led desire and a soul-led, like love-based desire, if that is your truth, I firmly believe that it's meant for you. How it happens, how it evolves, the unique journey that you will have to go on to make yourself available to receive that thing, to become the woman that can actually handle that thing. Like that's, that's your specific unique journey. And that's meant for you. I really, I, I firmly believe that our desires actually set us up to have the growth, the healing, the awakening that our soul came here to have in this human experience. That's the whole freaking point of desire. So it's it's a bit like desire comes hand in hand with oftentimes a bit of a rough ride because it's the desire that sets us on the, our unique path to go and have the experience, the growth, the evolution that we're meant to have. How, how long that takes, the path it takes you on, as I just said, is going to be unique to you. But I think there's something very powerful, first of all, just acknowledging your feelings around not having the thing you want. And so allowing yourself to feel those real feelings of sadness, of grief, of oh, frustration, it's not happened yet. That's going to be an ongoing process. I mean, that's, that doesn't just suddenly go away because you haven't met him yet and you're human. So the human experience is that those feelings, they're going to keep bubbling up. You're going to keep having thoughts of maybe it's never going to happen or really frustrated that it hasn't happened yet. You'll get cross or you'll get disappointed or you'll have a few dates with somebody you think they're the one, then you realize they're not. And you have that disappointment again. And then you have that feeling, oh God, I've got to start all over again. I've got to get back on the apps. You know, this is, this is part, I, I know you've it's experienced awful. this before. I don't want to do it. It's like, and I, uh, no, 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 but you, you've done, I mean, you've done a lot of that. I would like to yeah. think that you've done your lion's share of that. I really yeah. like, I just, you're so freaking ready now to be with your person. And I think where I'm getting to is you can be in a place of, desiring the relationship and occasionally feeling like it's never going to happen yeah. and knowing that you're good and you're okay on your own and you still desire a relationship. It's like it's having both. Like a lot of women are very good at rationalizing. I've got this great life. I, I've got a great job. I love my kids. I've got great friends. I travel, you know, I've got my things. I don't need someone. And then they shut down the desire. Yeah. It's true they don't need someone and they have a great life. And we've got to keep holding the and we've got to keep the desire alive because what on earth is the point of being here having this human experience? The desire will take us where we need to go. And and not least, what's exciting about the journey is as you keep unapologetically moving towards your desire and doing the work and having the experiences you're meant to have along the way, your life opens up. It's amazing who you'll meet and the opportunities will come and the career shifts that will happen and the da 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 because you're moving towards your desire. If we stop moving towards our desire, we just stagnate. Yeah. For me, the easy way out would be to just say, I'm good. My life is good. I love my- Of course. Like of that would be, course. that would be the easy way out because it is so frustrating. It's so infuriating. Like I'm so impatient. There's so many growth opportunities. I've already grown enough. Like 
how much more can I grow? It's like a full-time job, you know, just doing all this growth and being patient and staying the course. And so it would be easier for me to um, just be, you know, satisfied with not having it. And so I can actually take pride in myself that I'm straddling the desire and the satisfaction, not in a, not in a beautifully, you know, graceful way. Like I'm temper tantruming a lot, but I'm still doing it. And I think staying open to it, even though it feels so awful, or especially because it feels so awful, is the braver choice for me. Totally. And I think it's part of our soul journey to learn to love the part of you that still tantrums, to love the part of you that isn't able to do it gracefully. Yeah. You know, sometimes you will and sometimes you won't. And can you love the part of you that doesn't sometimes? Can you love the part of you that isn't all light and love and understanding the manifestation process? Like, no, that's just not, I mean, we're human as well. We have to embrace that. No, I definitely can love her. The um, problem is when I'm being her, it doesn't feel good because it's a temper tantrum. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I can still hold on to the kind of torch of like, this is the journey and this is, you know, being brave. And I have had so many lessons recently about patience. One of my big takeaways recently was that if I'm a, I'm a doer, I'm a manifester. If I plan it, if I make it happen, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But if I'm patient and I wait and I let the universe show up, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be way better. So I always rush and try to make things happen, like opportunities or plane tickets or whatever it is, concert tickets. And usually it gets messed up. And then the universe shows up and shows me why if I had waited, it would have been even better. That was a great lesson to learn because I had stopped with, if I get it done, it's going to be great. And I didn't realize that there was more to that. And so I've been applying that in the last couple of weeks to relationships. If I would have grabbed any of the relationships that had been presented to me along the road, it would have been, they would have worked. It would have been okay, you know, but what's coming hopefully, what's coming is going to be even better than I could have imagined. Well, my favorite affirmation is this or something even better. Like if not this, something even better. So when we're getting the red light, red light, and it's just not happening and we're feeling blocked, we have to develop the faith and trust that apparently something even better is waiting for us. So when you feel like you've been single forever, Developing the faith and trust that that's because God knows, life, the universe, source knows there's something even better for me. And I'm being prepared for that. The knockbacks, the frustration, the deviations on my journey, and I've been taken there and I wasn't expecting that. All of it is to prepare you to be not just the vibrational match for your person, to be able to handle that person, to be able to interact with and have a healthy, empowered relationship with that person, to be able to have the vulnerable conversations you always wish you could have, to be able to really show up fully as you. 
apparently life god the universe knows that for rachel to be with this phenomenal human being she's got to get ready for that and he's worth getting ready for and by the way he's probably on his own journey and and he's like where is she and and god's like well we're just preparing you to be ready for this phenomenal woman right and i and i think i mean you can poo poo that idea i can't prove it I've got enough personal experience. I've seen enough in the women I work with to believe it. To, it's my fact, you know, take it or leave it, that life is always guiding us, that we are always being led towards what is perfect for us. Yeah. Yeah. And even though I'm obsessed with growth and it's one of my like highest core values and I've devoted my life to it and I just love it, the bratty part of me, the temper tantrum me part of me, that young part of me went through the emotions of why do I have to be different than I already am all the time? Like, you know, it was kind of like this. And, and again, I totally consciously get it. And I, I'm here for the growth. And it just, I just hit the wall of, I just want to be able to just be there, like be me and not be a different version of me, just like this one. And I mean, I guess even that is part of the journey, like experiencing that because, you know, I'm like, I'm not doing any more personal development. I'm going on hiatus for like, you know, and then like three days later, I'm like, oh, I'm going to sign up for this personal development retreat. Like I can't help it. I love growth and, and being more me. Like I never look at personal development. I went on this date with this one guy a couple of years ago. And, um, when we were at dinner, he had said something about personal development and he said, he doesn't do it. It's not his thing. He doesn't want to be like a better version of himself or something like that, which was obviously a turn off. (laughs) (laughs) But I was kind of like, I don't think he knows what personal development really is. He's taking it as like, kind of like a insult or something where it's saying like, you need to be different. And I always look at it as I get to be more me. It's taking away things. So I get to be more true to my essence. But I did recently get to the point in the middle of all of this, like sadness and depression and woe is me kind of like, it wasn't even a pity party. It was like a pity rave. It was like (laughs) giant pity festival. Festival. I was kind of like, yeah, I, I don't want to have to grow into another version of myself where I get to, you know, like I've spent probably the equivalent of like my law school degree in personal development over the last 10 years or whatever. I have invested way more hours and I just got to this part where I felt like I'm ready, you know, like I'm ready. Come on, just give me like someone who's middle shelf. I don't need top shelf. Like just I'm ready for like middle shelf. To get someone with a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Just like, and like you know, there's so many out there. There's not one that's like good enough um, that we can just grow together. Can't we just grow together? So I think staying patient is really this kind of matter of trust really deepening your trust in the concepts that you're talking about as far as like it is coming. And worst case scenario, what if it isn't? We've already prepared for that. But, you know, one of the other pieces that actually helped was I kept buying all these country music 
concert tickets I wanted to go to and I would buy them. I would buy two tickets. I'm like, I'll have a boyfriend by then. You know, I'll have a boyfriend by then. I'll have a boyfriend by then. No, 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 no. So I started manifesting, attracting, whatever, girlfriends that like really wanted to go to these specific concerts with me. And two of the three concerts that I have coming up, like the perfect friend dropped out of the sky that is is going with me. And it's going to be like such an epic, amazing experience that even if I do have a boyfriend by then, it would be like, sorry, I'm going with my friend because we planned this. And I just feel like, like one friend, I had bought these tickets and I met a, a guy in uh, Sedona, which I talked about in one of my podcast episodes. He was a fireman. And on our date, I had jokingly said to him, if I don't have a boyfriend, you can come with me to the Chris Stapleton concert that I'm going to. Because we were talking about whiskey and guitars and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, oh, yeah, I would love to. So the other day, I felt inspired. I was like, I'm going to text him and be like, do you want to come to this concert with me? Um, it would be fun. He'll get his own hotel room. We're, we're friends, but that's it. And then it was like, no, don't do that. And the next day I talked to one of my best friends who's going through this really terrible medical journey and she's having a really hard time. And uh, she said, you know, when I'm better, we should go to Jazz Fest. That would be really fun. And I said, would you want to go to Chris Stapleton with me? And it's in Atlanta. And she was like, oh my God, Atlanta's on my bucket list. And I would love to see him. And she was like, you just, she was like crying. She was so happy. She was like, you just made my whole day. And I thought, it's so much better to be going with her. We're going to celebrate her being through her medical journey. And like, now she has something to look forward to that's going to take her for the next three months. And we can chat about it versus like this guy, this random guy. And it just felt like, um, just don't rush things. Don't try to make them happen. Just wait. And it will be this entire life experience that's not focused specifically on having one partner to do all your things with. I love that so much. And that's just an example right there of you thought in your infinite human wisdom that when you bought the ticket, it would mean that it would, you know, it was a, a route to manifesting your person and that he would take the ticket. And life, God is like, yeah, there's a bigger picture and you're going to take your friends and it's going to be, that's going to be the fulfilling experience that you guys need to have. And then how that plays out and what, you know, what uh, ripples then ripple yeah. out to like, we don't know. One day you're going to, when you've met him, you look back at all this, you'd be like, oh my God, that's why. Like if I hadn't have gone to there or done that, then da, 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 da. but you're right. Patience is, it's hard. Yeah. There's just no getting away from it. Like, I mean, for sure, there's tools and techniques and practices that you can use to help you with patience to redirect your attention and energy because what we put our energy on is obviously what we're attracting, where we focus is what we're calling in. And so, you know, if it's boring for you to be patient, then because I, for me, totally like, I'm not a patient person. You know, I'm like, when I was single, I'm going to be patient. I want him now. I'm ready now. I was the same. I was like a coach. I was helping other women meet their person. I want it now. I've done all the work. I've invested tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in my own growth. I know, I know all the things. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. Right. Apparently I had more. And it's not about being 
a different version of you. You're right. It's just about being an expanded version of you. And I do agree with you completely that you can go on the journey with the person. And of course you will. That's the whole point of relationship is to mirror each other, bring your stuff up, journey together. Like that is the whole point. This personal growth piece doesn't end just because you've met him. It will actually just get amplified. So brace yourself. Yeah. There are different things we can focus on if we don't want to focus on being patient. We can focus on joy. We can focus on having fun, all of which raises our vibration to have us be receptive to our person. I'm with you. Patience is boring. <laughs> well, I liked, I liked how you reframed kind of like in the concert ticket scenario. I was thinking like, oh, I didn't get this, but I got the next best thing. And how... It was like kind of like the universe's plan all along when I bought the tickets. Like you said, like I had a belief of where what was going to happen. So I think for me, being open to pursuing the things I want to do, um, still knowing that I want a companion, a, a person, a, a human with me experiencing the event but not it being like, it's my, you know what I mean? Because I've purchased tickets, a bunch of tickets to concerts close by. And my sister has come with me and we've had the, you know, the best time. And so when I buy the tickets from now on, anything I buy tickets to, I'm just going to go, oh, I, I wonder who the universe is going to put in front of me. Like curiosity probably will be helpful in the patient's journey. Always, always be curious. Yeah. I think, what was it? Awe, awe and wonder, I used to say. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to have like awe and wonder. And I think I've forgotten about that. I think bringing that back to like, oh, okay, this appealed to me. I'm going to do it. And I'm just going to be open to what the experience is going to look like. Something just dropped in for me that I want to share around this. So we're speaking at the moment to your desire to calling in your man. This is the desire. Yeah. What I'm hearing that you're doing is tapping into desire for other things like live music, like hack, like trips, like personal growth. There's all sorts of things that you do with your time yeah. that's desire-led. It's not just the guy. Right. But on an energetics level, desire is desire. As long as you keep moving towards desire, it's kind of none of your business where you end up. So, and this is a very good solution to being bored with being patient. If you just keep bringing yourself back to desire, which is ultimately going to bring you pleasure and fun and joy and those high vibe states, you just don't know how the dots are going to join. Like I remember when I was single, I was certain that my guy was this very particular type of person. Turns out it wasn't like my husband now is like not the guy that I thought that I was meant to be with. But I thought that my guy uh, was definitely going to be hanging out at these. Um, I, I, I used I got myself on this circuit traveling around the world. Like my guy definitely didn't live in England. He was way too interesting to live anywhere near me or in England. So he was definitely his international soul. So I was going to have to, I decided in my human wisdom, I had to travel to go find him. And so then I booked all of these fairly expensive, a lot of very expensive events and festivals and so on where. I knew my guy would be hanging out in the sort of transformational festival space. 
I met lots of amazing guys, not my guy, but one of the guys I happened to meet uh, was in England at some point. He was American and uh, he came to stay with me and he was just a friend. I think he thought maybe it would be something else, but it wasn't. And uh, we had a friendship and then he went back to the States and then one day we're on a Zoom call and uh, he's like, Katie, you've got to get onto this. Because at the time I was living in the middle of the countryside, middle of nowhere. And he'd visited where I was. And I literally was in this little cottage surrounded by fields and sheep. I was, I was in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, Katie, I've seen where you live. Like, you're never going to meet someone. You need to get on Bumble. And if I'd not, and so I went on to Bumble, I met James very quickly and, and you know, you know the rest. But had I not followed my desire for transformational experiences and events and festivals and travel and doing all the things, if I'd not followed that desire, and yeah, of course, my brain was also trying to be logical and said, that's where he's going to be. Yeah. But if I'd not done that, I'd never have met that guy. He'd never have said that to me at the perfect moment when I was open and ready to receive it. I felt it in my body. It was a full body. Yes. I was totally against online dating, but in that moment, it was, oh God, it was like the voice of God, Katie, get on Bumble. And I just knew it in my body. And so I was led there, but I had all these amazing experiences as well along the way and met amazing people. And I'm so glad of it all. Yeah. And it turns out my guy lived 15 minutes drive down the road. (laughs) And it turns out you were in the mindset of searching and it still worked out okay for you because I have been trying to become like a monk where I have like no, you know, like, or or stoicism or whatever, where I have no like feelings. And so I love that you did all those things. I was smiling because listening to them and just thinking about like, you, you said my man would be international. Your man is international to me. Like an Irish, <laughs> an Englishman. Yeah, is- well, and but now <laughs> we we are both we are moving to America. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of happening. This international guy has evolved into the international guy while I've been with him. Yeah, right. So we, I could never have made that up, but life, God, universe, yeah. you. But what gave me peace is that you didn't do all those things with this carefree, I don't care if I find somebody attitude and really like, you know, because that's what I've been trying to get to. And like I said, I, I'm not a monk. Like I, yeah. I can't get there. And so I'm on the journey. It's happening for me. I'm going to just kind of be going through this. It's funny because for me, the universe will show up with little signs. And I, you know, my belief is, and I've said this before, if the universe is in us, if we are God, then it would make sense that the universe would show up communicating to us like we would communicate to us. So my universe is very like cheeky and funny, just like I. And so, <laughs> yes, I, I will get text messages from men just at the moment that the universe would be like, let me just, you want to give up? Let me just put one in here. And I used to make that mean, oh, this is my guy. He showed up, the universe, like, this is my guy. And then I finally realized, no, 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 these are just mile markers, but they have to be men. Otherwise, you'd ignore them. So there's men that are coming out of the woodwork and they're texting you. And it's just a sign that you're on the right path, not that you've reached the destination. So as I'm listening to you talking about that, because <laughs> I'm on my laptop, 
the text message comes through. I'm like, who, what is that? And it's from this guy who always texts after months go by and he'll text always when I'm in that moment where the universe wants to punctuate something and say like, are you listening? And so he texted, um, what did he say? He said, uh, oh my God, I can't believe it, except that I can believe it. Of course. <laughs> he said, so now we have to do a birthday dinner for you. How's next week look? And where do you want to go? And I'm like, how do you, I mean, he's on Facebook. So he saw it's my birthday, but my birthday was like four days ago. and. Just out of nowhere, I haven't talked to him in at least a month. And so it just was crazy to me because I was like, okay, I'm listening. Yes, I'm listening. Like the universe uses these men as a tool to puncture. And and I was so focused, which is how you do one thing is how you do everything. I was so focused on, is this my person? That oftentimes I would miss what the universe was actually pointing me towards. So in the moment of listening to you, I was like, yeah, okay, you want to go to dinner. That's fine. But I'm listening to Katie because... She has, you know, what, what I need, which I think is just the perfect, you know, example of what you're talking about. Like, Rachel, don't be so fixated on, is this my person? Cause you're like, look around at what else is going on because that's really the beauty of this kind of journey. So, so true. So true. Yeah. Love it. It's just on wonder. I think awe, wonder, joy, faith. And letting, letting yourself be human along it. So, you know, like when I was going to those festivals and transformational experiences and so on, there was part of me that was looking and that was open. And there was part of me that was just there for me and was just in the awe and wonder of the, the trip. And I was so proud of myself for putting myself out in the world as a single mama. You know, I still went and had these experiences. And, and so it was both. It's the and. It was like there was desire and I was having fun and I was living my life and enjoying it. That conversation with Katie was exactly what I needed to get my head back in the game. She reminded me that I am being brave by staying on this journey. It isn't easy to straddle the pull of my desires, that yearning, and also the very real disappointments that show up constantly on this path. But I'm ready to test it out and see if I can manage. So. First up, I text the guy back who texted during our call. This is the guy from the Yacht Club. He's the one that I don't know his intentions. Is he interested romantically or just as a friend? Or is he looking for a new client? If we go to dinner, is it a date? We text back and forth and he calls me. He asks where I want to go and then asks if I'd rather just trust his good judgment. Even if this isn't a date, I really want to practice leaning back and letting the man take the lead. So I tell him what I like to eat and I say that I'm going to trust his good judgment. He picks a swanky looking jazz bar, speakeasy type deal. This looks like a date place. Meanwhile, I've re-downloaded the dating app. Again, mostly because I'm curious what the men in Manchester look like. So I set my location to Manchester and after a week, my app defaults out of travel mode and back to my hometown, which means now the app is showing me local guys. Although I had sworn off dating in Newport, I asked myself, do you really want to assume that every single guy in the area is a jerk? Why don't you just see what's out there? So I swipe a couple guys and put my phone down. Pretty soon, I have some new matches. One is a CPA named John. We schedule a lunch date for two days from now. I haven't been on a date in two and a half months. 
since the date with the fireman in Sedona. But again, I'm ready to get back out there. And tomorrow night is my non-date date with the guy from the Yacht Club. So I'll be jumping back in with back-to-back dates. I schedule a hair appointment since I figure that two dates after almost three months qualifies for a blowout. The next day, I'm on my way to my son's school to watch him get a special award that his BFF nominated him for. As I'm driving, I notice I have a new match. He's an engineer who lives out of town, but has offices here, so he visits once or twice a month. After chatting for a while, he asks if I'd be interested in meeting that night for dinner since he leaves the next day. I tell him that I have dinner plans, but that if he's up for it, I'm free to grab coffee after my hair appointment. He says he'll take what he can get. I'm very excited to get three dates worth of good hair from one blowout. So here's a review of the three dates that I went on in a 20-hour period. First date with the engineer. We meet at Starbucks and sit and chat for over an hour. I'd say it was a six out of 10. Nice guy, sort of funny, handsome. I'd go on a second date with him if, you know, the next time he's in town. But nothing really to write home about. He walks me in my car and we hug goodbye. Then I rush home to get ready for the non-date date. What does one wear for a non-date date? It's a nice place, so probably either a fun dress or jeans and a cute top. I ask a friend. She asks, well, is it a date or not? I don't know, I say. But it really can't be a date since I know his ex-wife and I have rules around not dating ex-husbands of women I know personally. She says, okay then, if it's not a date, wear jeans. Fine. I pull on my gray jeans and rip the tags off my new top. It's a black halter with a cutout in the front. I pull on my black boots. Okay, this is a vibe. I feel really good in this outfit. I'm definitely adding it to my dating wardrobe rotation. Even if this isn't a real date, I'm just testing out how I feel in it. He's picking me up at my house. And as you know, I don't let men come to my house. But since I know him, it's fine. He comes to the door and we walk out to his car. He opens the passenger door for me. I am loving this. This feels like a date. He has a really nice car. I point this out only because as the night goes on, it will become very clear to me that this man is a catch by Newport standards. Super nice car, funny, well-dressed, successful, has a great career, handsome, good dad. Again, these are Newport standards, not my standards, Newport standards. And remember, he's one of the guys from the Yacht Club who has multiple women he's dating. Later in the night, he tells me that he's ready and he's looking for a relationship. Okay, I think this is definitely something you would tell a friend, but I guess you could also tell a dating prospect. Dinner is delicious and we have a great time. We laugh and drink. We talk about so many different things. I really enjoy his company and I really do appreciate him taking me out. He's serving me and catering to my needs. The night ends and he drives me home. He walks me to my door to protect me from spiders, he says, and I give him a hug. He texts goodnight. Whether it was an actual date, that's the way I want to be treated. That guy really knows how to treat a lady. No wonder he has so many. The next day, I have my date with the CPA. We have a nice lunch at a nice, healthy fast food restaurant. Our conversation is nice. He's nice. It's all very nice. He's into jujitsu and seems like a very involved dad, very stable. He's somewhat attractive, tall, a little older. I think to myself, okay, so there's no real spark, but this is the type of guy I should be dating. Very stable. 
our date ends and it was pleasant. I'm sure with time, there could be a passion that grows, right? I should go out with him again, right? And just see. As I'm leaving the parking lot, I think, well, that seemed very formal, kind of weird at the end. So I think I'm supposed to send a text saying that I had a good time to let him know that I'm open to a second date, right? I open up the dating app and quickly type out a message saying it was great meeting him and thank you again for lunch. The next day, he sends a message that says, thank you for meeting with me. I enjoyed our chat as well. Unfortunately, I didn't find the deeper connection that I'm holding out hope for. You are an extraordinary person. I know you will find your best match soon. I shake my head. Damn, he's right. There was no spark. I didn't feel any deep connection either. But it makes me wonder, is that something you feel right away, like on a first date? Although if I'm being honest, I had more of a spark with the engineer and definitely on the non-date date. He was right. So I reply, yes, thank you for articulating that. I agree. I learned a lot from you. That's my biggest hope in the process. Thank you for the pleasure and good luck. It's funny thinking about it. It reminds me of when I was studying in Spain in college. I had taken a weekend trip to Portugal with a friend and we found ourselves in a bar that served tapas. I asked the bartender what he recommends and he gives me a sample of something. I pop it in my mouth and it's chewy. I look at him and he says, it's pig ear and then adds, it's my favorite. All I can imagine is that I have a mouthful of cartilage. My face probably looks horrifying. And then he asked me what I think. I choke it down and reply, it's good. At that point in my life, I didn't want to offend anyone. I had a really hard time saying no, even no thank you. So then he smirks and says, so you want an order of pig ear? Um, sure, I say nervously. I'll never forget his reply. He laughs and says, you Americans, you know you didn't like it and you said you did. You don't want a whole plate of that. Relieved, I shake my head. No, you're right, I say, I don't. That CPA? was pig ear. I didn't really love the first bite. Why am I going to order a whole plate full? He did me a real favor. And now I know, yeah, I should feel excited after the first date. Meh energy is settling. It's accepting a whole plate of pig ear. No thank you. So after three dates in 20 hours, no real prospects. That's fine. I've ripped the bandaid off and I'm back in the game. Plus, I have some real awarenesses around what I'm looking for and what I'm not looking for. And my UK trip is coming up next month. But just then, hubba hubba pops back into my mind. Rachel, it's already been six weeks. Don't let too much time pass before you reach out. If you're going to do it, you should do it now. I decide I'm going to take a chance. I text my friend, Nicole. Remember Nicole from the Nashville episode last season? Nicole is a master with words and making an enticing offer. I tell her, I think I need to reach out to Hubba Hubba. Here's what I'm thinking of saying. Within a few minutes, Nicole has sent back a much better version of my invitation. Should I read it to you? Oh my God. Okay. It says, hey, Hubba Hubba, it's Rachel. I'm not sure if you're still on the market, but I've officially ended my dating hiatus and I'm ready to play. And if your offer of a tutorial on those skills we discussed still stands, I'd love to take you up on it. How open-minded are you to meeting for coffee or a drink sometime soon? We had joked about his photography skills when he sent me a photo of the sunset when he was in Florida, and he had offered to give me a tutorial. Anyway, this text is so flirty and forward, but again, what do I have to lose? I've been ghosted before. I'm not afraid of no reply. 
honestly, I'm probably more afraid that he'll respond and say yes. I copy and paste it into my text messages. Ugh, I want to throw up, but I hit send. I'm freaking out a little bit. I can't believe I just sent that, but I'm feeling bold. I'm feeling like my old self. I feel excited as I'm congratulating myself for being so flirty and fun. I notice the texting bubbles pop up. Oh my God, he's already responding. I hope you love that episode of Love Before 100. Be sure to tune in next time to see what happens and to help me cross another thing off my bucket list. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Love Before 100 to guarantee you don't miss a thing. Let's spend the-